Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Well, you know, I just want to uh, just kind of reflect a little bit before I dive into my sermon tonight. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Acts 3. Acts 3. And while you're, you're turning there, I just want to just share a little bit about what God spoke to me in this 20. 2020. And it, it, was a, it was a crazy year. I mean, my goodness, anything and everything that could have happened, happened, and then some. And you know, one thing when the lockdown happened in Hawaii and everything shut down, everything shut down, the Lord spoke to me three things. He said, he said this is a time of reflection, a time to refocus, and a time to refire. And you know, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of downtime to kind of think about things. Think about where I was putting my priorities, how I was treating my kids. You know, even in ministry, come on, we can get so busy that we, we, have, we neglect some of the, those that are closest to us. Or we're running with our hair on fire, but we haven't sat in God's presence. You know, and then the Lord says, this is time to refocus. He says, what are you focusing on? I'm going to show you my assignment, my priorities. See, a lot of you, your, your schedules got canceled. So all of us were talking. I was supposed to come last year up here for the women's conference. I was supposed to go to Chile in the summer. I mean, come on. Th- these are things that everything got canceled. But, you know, I have found that if you didn't get discouraged, you say, okay, God, what are you speaking? And then he says, and I'm about ready to refire you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he began to burn something deep inside of me. And I believe that God wants to do that this weekend. He wants you to take a time of reflection. What is God doing? What is God saying? As the prophets are speaking, don't just hear good words and shout amen. What is he speaking personally to you? See, it's great to be in these services, but if you don't apply it to your life, if you don't bring it in here, make it personal, and then ask God for some action steps of how to walk it out, you just came to a good conference, and that's about it. But I don't think it's just a good conference. I believe it's going to stick, and it's going to stick so much that it's going to refire you and stir you up and set you ablaze wherever you go. But you know what? And I know they're all ours. Listen, I'm the queen of acronyms and the same letter. But you know what? God, the the title of my message, if you're going to take notes, okay, are you ready? Is rise up. Everyone say rise up. So I had to put another R in there. Uh, Anyways, I believe this is a time for us to rise up. And the first day that we were here at Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen's house, we're just a little jet lag, a little tired, we're resting, we're relaxing. And then all of a sudden we were by the window and we looked up and we saw a bald eagle. It was a baby, right? It was a baby, but it was an eagle and it was huge. And Pastor Down says, this is like only the second time we saw an eagle ever. And I was like, wow. And the Lord spoke to me just like it says in Isaiah 40, but those that what? Wait upon the Lord. Say it with me shall renew their strength. They will mount up or rise up, yes, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God is about ready to give you some new wings, the Lord says. He's about ready to give you wings to soar. Some of you have been down here. Some of you have been like the chicken with your head cut off, okay, like Pastor Josh. Wait, was that first service? When did you preach that? Or you preached that the other day. If you missed it, you better, better listen to it. But you are about ready to not be chickens just pecking your head on the ground. See, that's the difference between the believer and the unbeliever in 2020 with COVID. Is that the, is that the, the unbeliever started pecking on the ground. They started pecking at everything and all they could see was what, what not was going, what was not going on. But I believe that the believer, if you really understood that it was an opportunity from the Lord, that you began to soar to new heights. I went up to 
another level. I feel like my capacity has grown supernaturally. As a matter of fact, I'm after this, I'm heading to Maui. I've got the great privilege of assisting and helping Pastor Colleen take on the Maui Women's Conference on top of now the Oahu Women's Conference. It's a back-to-back weekend. I'm going straight from here to there, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. Then I'm coming back up here for this women's conference. And so, ladies, don't you miss it. Because the word bold that the Lord has given us is to make you understand that it's not about fearing, but it's about rising up in this season. Amen? I better get to my sermon. Jesus, help me. I didn't even get started yet. I'm sorry. I'm getting started. Acts Acts 3. So all that to say, it's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. Everyone say rise up. Read with me in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from the mother's room was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which they called beautiful, to ask alms from those who had entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him, with John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, expecting to receive some money. That's what he was expecting, but he didn't know Noah was about ready to hit him. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately, say immediately, his feet and ankles but and bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk. Come on, let's pray. Just lift up your hands this evening. Holy Spirit, you are already here. You are already moving. Lord God, you are already speaking. Lord, the angels are rejoicing. Holy Spirit, I pray. God, I empty myself out. God, as an empty vessel. Holy Spirit, fill me. God, may the words that come out of my mouth be only that are pleasing unto you, to pierce the hearts of every believer, to stir and empower, God, for them to rise up in this season. So we thank you, God, for your anointing. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. You know what's profound at that last statement that Peter said? He says, "What? wait, well, why are you, you are so amazed? Why do you look at us as if we had the power and we had the godliness to do what just happened here? This was an incredible miracle. This was a man that from birth, everyone knew this guy. It's like the town drunk or it's like the town guy that everybody knows that's the guy. That's the guy you want to steer clear of. He was known. And everybody was amazed and thought it was Peter and John. And he said, don't be amazed at us, for it is not by our power, right? It is not by our spirit, 
by, by our strength, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. But you know, I want to rewind for a moment because I, I feel like when Peter said that, he said, you know what, don't look at our power. Don't, it's not our power. It's not our godliness. I have this feeling that Peter and John had a moment of like a rewind. And they got, God brought them back to the moment where they all started. And they were a couple of fishermen just fishing. They were trying to throw their nets, trying to make a living like many of us. And they were throwing their nets out and nothing, nothing was caught. They were, they were nobodies. They were ordinary. As a matter of fact, they were failures in the area of business. They caught nothing. And when Jesus called them, man... They were messed up. Anybody messed up when Jesus called you? I hope you were. I hope you were. I think we all were. They were messed up. But you know what's amazing is that even in this moment, they they look back and they look where they started. So what changed? Now we're seeing Peter and John go and heal the beggar, go and heal the paralyzed, go and heal those all around. And what was the difference? What did God do? Why were they marveling? So what caused them to rise up? What caused them to step up in such power and authority? Well, tonight I want to give you four things that I believe that through this passage and just revelation from the Lord about how you can rise up in this season. Because this is our choice. It's a choice. We can either bow our head. We can either bow our knee to what's happening around us. But I think I'm a part of a church that's ready to go to the next level. I believe that you guys, what was your ceiling is going to become now your floor. That you're shifting up. And you know what? I feel that on my life. I feel that. Pastor Josh and I say it all the time. It's a little coin thing that we say with our staff is like raise the roof. (laughs) We're like, I know, you know. There's that, you know, saying or whatever, but it's a joke at our staff because we're like, you've got to raise the roof with your team, with your staff. And as we're going up to another level, guess what? Our staff has to go up to another level and our volunteers have to go up to another level. And even this season where I'm carrying two huge conferences and normally I'd be freaking out. I'd be freaking out. It's not easy. I got three kids. I got a church. It's a lot of work. But there's a grace. I feel a grace. I feel a strength. I feel like God is stretching my capacity. It's not about me, but it's about God. But number one, I want you to focus because if we're going to rise up in this season, just like Peter and John, number one, you're going to have to move past your past. Everyone say that. I got to move past my past. Here's Peter again. We know that he's got a loud mouth. He sticks his foot in his mouth a lot. He, he kind of messes up. So, you know, I love Peter because he's bold. He's brash. He goes for it. He's all in. When he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But when he does something good, he starts walking on water. But then he turns and then he starts sinking. You know, he has awesome revelations. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And then, you know, the next one, he's getting rebuked. Get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, come on. This guy just needs some help. He needs some help. But, you know, one of his most royal mess-ups is, of course, when he denied Jesus. He had been with Jesus for three and a half years. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He was one of the three, one of the ones that got to go close and intimate in those places with Jesus, like not like the other disciples. And yet he even says this, oh, Jesus, if they all deny you, I will never deny. And yet he was the very one in front of a few people denied Jesus. See, if you're going to rise up in this season, you got to get past your past. 
Peter, after that mess up, oh man, he knew it. He knew he had just blown it. He knew that, oh no, God will never forgive me. I can just imagine. And we come to John 21, where it's after Jesus had died and been raised from the dead. But the disciples, what did they do? They went back. Guess what they went back to? They went back to fishing. They went back to their old pattern. They went back to the default. They went back to the things that God brought them already out of. They weren't supposed to be fishers of fish. They were supposed to be fishers of men. So what were they doing on the shore? Why were they fishing? Why did they get back in their boat? Because they messed up. Anybody ever feel like that? God calls you. You get a prophetic word. God speaks destiny over you. And then the next day you you sleep with your girlfriend. Or you get that. Smoke of weed, or you decide to look at that pornography, or you go and you do something, whatever it is, don't do it. But there's those moments where you stumble and you fall and you mess up, and you know what? What do you do? Well, it's easy. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to stop going to church. I'll go back to my old bar. Instead of coming to church, I'm going to go back to my old bar. Or I'm going to go back to my old pattern of watching Netflix all day and just binge watching and eating ice cream. Come on. Am I stepping on any toes tonight? I know how that goes. You're up all night because you've got to watch the rest of that episode or that season. Jesus, deliver us, deliver us, Lord. But here's Jesus. See, they're trying to fish. And then Jesus calls out to them. And here comes Peter. And they're sitting and they're eating. And what does Jesus say to him? Peter, do you love me? Actually, he doesn't even say Peter. He says Simon. Sort of thinking about that. He took him all the way back. See, you know what it's interesting is some of us are moving higher, but then we feel like we hit something. We feel like we hit a ceiling. There's moments where we feel like I've just, I feel like I can't break through because sometimes we've not gone back to those past areas and truly gotten healed and gotten delivered. There's moments that Jesus has to take you all the way back, all the way back to the Simon days. Before, I mean, listen, he called him Peter. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why did Jesus call him Simon? Because he was going back to saying, what's going on, Simon? This is not who you are. And of course, you guys all know the story. Of course, I love you, Jesus. Then feed my sheep. The second time he asked him, take care of my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Last time, Peter's offended. He's hurt. And finally, he says, yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. See, it was a restoration process as God began to restore, as Jesus began to restore Peter. You've got to move past your past. Some of you are holding on to your past. You're holding on to what happened. But if you're going to rise up, see, rise up means ascend. It means going up vertically. It doesn't mean going horizontal. See, some of you are going back horizontal when rising up means you go vertical. You got to go this way, not this way. And if you want to go this way, you got to go this way. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's how the kingdom of God works. And in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Even if you stumble, this doesn't, that verse isn't even talking about sin. It's just talking about life. You get tripped up. You get discouraged. You get distracted. Whatever comes, there's a death in your family. There's something that happens. Get back up. God is saying to some of you, you need to get back 
up and keep moving. Even in Isaiah 52, 2, it says, shake yourself. Come on, shake yourself. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Loose the bonds around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Some of you need to shake off the dust. What they're talking about in that scripture is a season of mourning. Some of you have been in a season of mourning way too long. Now, there is seasons, but I'm telling you, there's a few of you that you've been locked into that season. See, in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for mourning and there's a time for rejoicing. Some of you need to move from the mourning to the rejoicing. Some of you need to shake off that evil spirit. Some of you need to shake off that heaviness. Some of you need to shake off that, that weight and that garment of praise, like he talked about, needs to come and be your garment. But number two, not just you got to move past your past. Come on, say it with me. Move past my past. But number two, I love this one. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we see, we see that they did an amazing miracle. But let's go back a chapter to Acts 2. What happened in Acts 2? It was the day of Pentecost. This is the moment where they were waiting, as Jesus said, and they had no idea what they were waiting for. They had no idea, but it said that they were waiting in one accord. See, there's power when you wait in one accord, when you come together in one accord. And what happened? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house and they were where they were sitting. Then there appeared, whoo, to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. If we're going to do what God has called us to do, we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just once, not just twice, but say ever filled, that ever flowing fountain from above. I've realized as God has called me to more, you know what? Like how he said, a little dab won't do you. What used to seem to work doesn't work anymore. I need more. I need a greater grace. Because as your capacity increases, you need more of God's spirit to flow through you. And even Peter, the one who was ashamed to speak Jesus' name in front of a few women around a campfire. It said that he stood up. He rose up. And it began to start repeating what the prophet Joel had said, that my sons and daughters shall prophesy. My young men will see visions and dreams. He began boldly proclaiming the word of God. Some of you, you need a boldness to proclaim his word. But that day, going back to Acts 3, I need some help. Pastor Heather, can you help me? Come on, can you be my beggar? Can you come and sit right here? Come on, girl. I love it. Give it up for Pastor Heather. She's amazing. She's amazing. So just sit right there. You got to sit, girl, because you, you, you can't walk. You can't walk at this point. Okay. So that day, Peter and John are doing what they always have done. They were Jewish men. They were religious men. So they went to the church every day to pray at that time. And don't you think that they had saw that beggar before? As a matter of fact, I bet that they had given money to that beggar before. And you know what? But they just kind of, you know, when they're just there, they're just like a fixture. You always see that auntie at church or you always see that person, but you just walk past them. Or you see that teller at your grocery store or you see that neighbor that you've been neighbors with for 20 years, but you don't know their name. You just kind of go back and forth. But that day, something was different. That day when they walked 
And when that beggar reached out, it said that they looked intently at him. And then I I feel like there was this moment of connection where after they were just filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and where they just saw a beggar before, they saw him healed. And they began to look and then they said, look at us. And they began to grab a hold of him. You know, sometimes, I love what Peter said, silver and gold have I none. We try to use natural, I'm not done with you, girl. I'm not done. I just got to go through a few more points, so just make yourself look pretty over there, because you are. You're amazing. Pastor Bruno, Pastor Bruno doesn't mind at all. He doesn't mind at all. <laughs> I put you in the right spot, because you're right there. You're right beside him, right there. But he said, silver and gold have I none. You know, sometimes... We want to give natural solutions to spiritual problems. See, Peter and John could have given him money and it would have maybe helped him for a day. Maybe it would have bought food for a day. It would have helped him for a day. But see, when you walk by the power of the Holy Spirit, when you do things God's way, see, in the natural, you can do it your way. I can give you a few coins. Here you go. You're okay. But when you do it by the power of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to do it beyond your capacity, beyond your knowledge, beyond your know-how, but you just yield, and there's a sensitivity. See, I think there was a sensitivity like there was never before. Coming out of this conference, you're going to come with a sensitivity. Don't just let it be a conference. Don't just let it be a good sermon. Don't let it just be something that tickles your ears, but actually transforms your heart and lets you walk out the destiny, the plan, the purpose that he has for you. So everybody say you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, you can have a seat. I might call you back later. Thank you. Give it up for her. But what's so amazing is when they said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. It made me think of something. It made me go back to a story that Jesus was teaching in Galilee. And there was a few friends that had a friend that couldn't walk. And it was so crowded. It was so busy that they could not get him in there. So what? they had a brilliant... Bishop, they had a brilliant idea. Can you imagine somebody lowering somebody through this ceiling? What do you think you'd do, Pastor John, if someone was breaking through your ceiling? I mean, I don't know whose house that was, whatever it may be, but it would have been kind of like, hey, what you doing? Uh, You know, I don't got insurance on this thing. But these men had so much faith that they lowered that man right where Jesus was. And I love it because he said the very same thing. He says, your sins are forgiven. And you know what? How about this? Rise up and walk. These moments were moments that Peter and John witnessed. They were there. Those were the beginning days of his ministry. And I believe that as they watched Jesus, they began to understand that even in their own life, see, when you're here and when you're seeing the ministers and the pastors and you're seeing your leaders operate, I am doing this not because I'm just so great. It's because I'm submitted. It's because I've wanted to learn and grow, and I'm going to challenge you. If you want to rise up, if you want to go to the next level, how are you serving? How are you submitting? How are you getting under the covering and the anointing? Because these men, as they saw Jesus do it, they just modeled what Jesus showed them. But one of my favorite scriptures is if you go a chapter ahead to Acts 4. This is 
after this man is healed and there's such a riot, there's such a upheaval of joy, of excitement that he gets arrested and they get brought before the religious leaders. And of course, this is the moment in Acts 4, if you want to turn over a chapter, that Peter, it says in, in verse 8, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, and then he begins to start just preaching. He just starts laying it out like you crucified him, but he was raised from the dead. I mean, he just starts going at it. You can read it later. But my favorite part is verse 13. Oh, favorite scripture right now. Pastor John, this is like my, right now, this is my 2020 scripture. When they saw the courage, or some translations say boldness. I don't know if you can put it up there. Acts 4, 13. When they saw the courage and the boldness of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled. Ordinary. Everybody say unschooled. Ordinary. Any unschooled, ordinary people do I have in here? I'm one of them. Come on, I'm nobody special. I don't come from a long line of pastors. I don't, you know, I'm not schooled. I don't have my doctorate. I don't have all what it takes. But this is the key. Go back to where I started. They were a bunch of fishermen. A mess up, screw ups. I mean, who were they? They were were Galileans. They were just there. They were all out there. Unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want to tell you something. I, I don't want to be known as, oh, she can preach, oh, this, oh, that. No, I want to be known, wow, she has been with Jesus. That is my cry of my heart. See, people notice when you've been with Jesus. Because you begin to carry his likeness, his love, his compassion, his generosity, his character, all those things. You want your life transformed? Well, go be, hang out with Jesus. Go be around Jesus. And that is what happened is not only were they with Jesus and they've been with Jesus, but they've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. So hunger after the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, what does that mean, be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ask God. Say, I want to be filled. I want more. I say this, be hungry, be humble, and be holy. That's my cry every day. Lord, help me to never lose my hunger. Help me to never lose my desperation for you. It doesn't matter if I've been in the ministry two days or 18 years, whatever it is. But And also, Lord, I want to be humble. Stay humble. See, when God lifts you up, you got to stay humble. you got to know where you started. Just like Peter and John, they said, don't look at us. It's not our power. It's not our godliness. It's Jesus. But stay holy. Stay holy, and you will see God move through you. You look at Doe, you look at Tiffany, you look at me, you look at some of these. It's, we've stayed hungry, we've stayed humble, and we've stayed holy. It's easy. Position yourself in that place, and you'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. But number four, I'm going to wrap it up these last two. Are you guys getting something? Yes, I'm sorry, number three. Number one is what? Move past your past. Number two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you, Pastor Heather. Come back out. It says, but number three is reach out. Everyone say reach out. 
It says in verse 7, he took him by the, the right hand and lifted him up and immediately he was healed. See, I'm going to tell you something. You've got to reach out. Let me say something. Peter's faith had to rise up before the man rose up. Your faith has got to rise up. You've got to begin to reach out. God is calling you to go beyond what you're comfortable, beyond what is in the natural. And you are called to, to reach out and pull some people up. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people in the community that are fallen, that are down, that are outcasted, that are forgotten, that are hurting and broken. And God is needing you to reach out. God is needing you to reach out. Look at you, you're so scared. Stop it. Stop it. You can just get comfortable up here because you're going to be preaching more too. Come on. This girl can preach. Okay, I'll let you sit down. I'll let you sit down. You know, growing up in this ministry... Even coming here over the years, God is, he is, he has challenged me to reach out beyond what is comfortable. And I'm telling you, I believe that this is a time where God's going to ask some of you to do the uncomfortable things. He's going to ask you to reach out to people that you haven't talked to for years, people that you were in high school with, family members and friends. If we are going to see revival, if you are going to rise up, there is something inside of you that's got to reach, that's got to grab, that's got to take hold of those that are around you. See, with that, he was healed. He was healed. But number four, not only reach out, but number four, seize opportunities. And I love this part in Acts 3, 12, where it says, Peter saw his opportunity. So here, he, they reached out, they grabbed hold of him by faith, even though it was uncomfortable, they didn't know what was going to happen. And sometimes when you reach out, let me just tell you, it's not your job to know if they're going to get healed or not. You're just supposed to reach out. You're just supposed to grab hold. And it says when they reached out, and he got up, and he started running and leaping and praising God, that everybody... Everybody took notice. And what God is doing in this house, people are going to take notice. What God is doing in Wasilla, just as it was prophesied, people are taking notice of every single one of you, wherever you are. Don't look at yourself like you're a sideline person. No, every single one of you is so valuable and so important. But it says that he, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. See, miracles provide a platform to preach the gospel. How many of you believe that God wants to use you in miracles, signs, and wonders? Come on, every one of you should be raising your hand. It's not just reserved for the pastors and the ministers. It is something for every single person that these signs shall follow those that believe. Come on, casting out demons, seeing people healed. That day... He preached to thousands. It said over 5,000 men. That means probably over 10 to 15,000 people were there because of one moment. Hear me now. You're going to get given moments. And those moments will pass. But you can reach out and seize that opportunity. And know that it is a Kairos moment that God is giving you. And listen, nobody was doing, you know, it wasn't a service. It wasn't like there was a crowd at that moment. See, a lot of us want the crowd, but we're not willing to reach out to the one. We want the crowd, but we're not willing to reach out to that neighbor. God has allowed Pastor Josh and I during, 
you know, during the quarantine, you know, we're so busy, so we were always gone. But during quarantine, a lot, a lot, always. We were always gone. But during quarantine, you know, you're just home. You have nothing else to do but go outside, ride your bike, go play some volleyball. And you know what? We got so close to our neighbors. We have this little hooey. I don't know if you know what a hooey is, but it, oh, sorry. Okay, that's a Hawaiian word. Like a, a, a bunch of houses that we're right together. Cul-de-sac, sure. Okay, sorry. I know hooey. I'm from Hawaii. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know. Anyways. And you know, we, we did barbecues together. We did like 4th of July together. We did egg hunts together. We even threw a baby shower for Our Lady. Do you know that they're now coming to our church? Both families are coming to our church. God is using us in our neighborhood. And we, got, we felt so convicted because here we are preaching the gospel, going crazy at church. And then we get home and we're exhausted. Oh, oh God, I can barely stand. I'm so tired. Don't forget those that are right around you. Who is your Jerusalem? See, we want to go to the ends of the earth, but God says if you can be faithful with your Jerusalem, with your neighbors, with your family members, with those right around you, because I'm telling you, they didn't think that day that that one man would spark revival, and it sure did. It got, it it stirred so much up that they got arrested, that it made such pandemonium because people were so shocked tonight. Are you going to rise up? Are you going to rise up with every head bowed and every eye closed tonight? Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Wow, don't we feel that way sometimes? And thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, says the Lord. I'm speaking this over you tonight. And his glory will be seen upon you and the nation shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. The Lord says that as you come before him, the dark is getting darker, but guess what? The light is getting lighter and you are shining brighter, Wasilla. You are shining brighter, King's Chapel. Men and women of God, marriages are being restored. Families are coming back together. Bodies are being made whole. Healing signs and wonders is happening in this house. So let me ask you, do you need to get past your past tonight? Do you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit? And maybe you've been filled, but you need more. God says, I know I want to pour out more. Who do you need to reach out to? What steps of faith do you need to take to go beyond your bubble, your, your walls, your four, four walls around you? But God is calling you to reach out because there's a lost and hurting world. Seize the opportunity. Seize it. Take it. Hold on to it. Don't miss it, says the Lord. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.